Welcome, everybody, to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians. Today, we're recording our first show of 2023. It is our lovely January episode. Uh, We've taken a little bit of time here and there. But we're back, and, uh, you know, normal shenanigans abound. Um, For those that are interested, I looked at some of our stats from last year. And the one thing that stood out in my mind when it comes to podcasts, because, uh, you know, you're kind of like ranked up against other podcasts that kind of like tag themselves in a similar vein. Mm-hmm. We recorded almost 3,000 minutes of new content over the course of 2022. Yeah. That's cool. And that also meant that we put out more content new content than 93 percent of other people in our same category on anchor (laughs) wow (laughs) holy cow so why haven't we got world domination yet we're giving you more stuff for the band (laughs) your butt folks come on (laughs) uh i know we're niche right now we're trying to branch out um plans for the wordpress site are still going right now i hit a, i told Venj before we started i hit a snag i had to stop working on it because of some things that happened personally this weekend and um it'll be up i'm trying to get it going before the end of the month at this point but i january it will be going live it has no choice in that matter so we'll mm-hmm. have a little uh, virtual home base website ready to go. <sighs> Anything else I could think of? No. How was your holiday? How was New Year's? You go get uh, and go streaking through the streets of uh, Montucket. Nope i was uh, I was playing I was playing WoW and went to bed at like twelve thirty. <laughs> so. I guess I made it to the new year, which is the first time that's happened in a few years, but you did. You did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. My 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 four year old didn't go to bed till almost <clears throat> two in the fucking morning that day. She was so up, she, up, so she up. got rip roaring drunk. No, she wasn't drunk. She was delirious <laughs> from being tired. She refused to go to sleep. It's like she's starting to doze off, starting to doze off. My wife and I, yeah, I'll throw on the, the, you know, the fireworks in New York City or stuff like that, you know, whatever. The ones that they do at the National Mall in D.C. Oh, no, that woke up my kid. I even had it muted, and it woke her up, and she comes running into the room and is, like, watching fireworks, and that was it. Now she's wired for another two hours. (laughs) It's like, where do you get all this energy from? Where? Where, Kids have this... That's like a magic backup they have of just forever energy, man. Yeah, it's like if you give them like one little grain. I'm talking just like one grain of like sugar, table sugar. They will go for like four or five days straight. Mm-hmm. What in hell? How can we, how can <laughs> we harness this energy to provide clean, free energy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> world. And then, you know, when you talk about it, it's like, oh, that's child labor. No, 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 you don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of child labor, Destiny 2. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, it does. It's a grind. It feels like a job sometimes. You want to admit that's true, though. Uh, I mean, I I know that's true, unfortunately. And children play it. Uh, That's the only connection. Nothing past that. There's no kids working <laughs> uh, they might act like kids but they're not children they're just having a good yeah time. destiny 2 all destiny right so this two. was week five that just happened yes mm-hmm. yeah yes. this is the week after the uh cinematic reveal that um rasputin was designed as a marital aid and it went rogue and tried to kill the traveler right try to shoot it yeah, that, that was what this. I mean, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. Um, so, Venge, 
what happened this week <clears throat> with the weekly story? What where did it go from last week's reveal that uh, Rasputin was basically the creation of Clovis Bray to replace the Traveler as the machine god that he had totally control that had total control over? And Rasputin said, "Fuck off, Clovis." Um. Well, this week. After after that lovely uh, uh, recap of what happened last week, <laughs> um, so I just a couple of things I want to say about last week because we didn't we didn't actually talk about it because we didn't do a show. Um, we 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 learned from conversations with Osiris and Anna that um, Osiris is like original teacher was actually lord uh, lord fellwinter mm-hmm. and he did he didn't tell anna he didn't tell anyone uh because uh, as as he is saying uh, very adamantly about himself he's selfish and he also didn't know anything about the true identity of fellwinter as being part of rasputin um until very recently um yeah like you said uh clovis has been lying he has no intentions of helping humanity he wanted brassfeet to destroy the travelers so that he could just become the he could become god because clovis you know clovis is a special guy he's pretty special he's he's an egomaniac he's a power hungry egomaniac (laughs) nobody is at his level so only he is in the authoritative position to control everybody else. Yeah. He calls the traveler useless and weak, saying he says that because it abandoned the elixir, failed to protect humanity from the collapses, and has now given light to the hive. Calls it pathetic. And we go to the helm, and there is some pretty heated back and forth between Anna and... Um, the Clovis AI that is the 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 frame that we're talking to, mm-hmm. and uh, he he tells Anna that she's overreacting and letting her emotions get the better of her. Uh, that doesn't go over very well at all. Gee, and a highly emotional person being told to calm down. Now I never would have thought that would go over. Well. <laughs> and uh, she pulls out the uh, the engram that was actually housing Rasputin, and uh, deletes Clovis from the exoframe and lets uh, Rasputin take over. And uh, one of the bigger things that happened at the end of that was uh, we go to the hollow projector and we talk to Anna. And um, there was a message that was sent back to Europa after, like, just before Clovis got deleted, mm-hmm. that just that just said um, they know, as in we know about you know what his true intentions are. That Rasputin is not actually this um, uh, horrible war god thing. Um. Yeah. I guess that's a uh, that's that's all I'll leave out that. Oh, and I just wrote a. Uh... <laughs> this was a really dope week as far as story and lore go, and further gave rise to hearing how much of a twat Clovis is. So yeah. that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap on week four. Uh, this week was a little bit lighter. <clears throat> uh, we talked to Rasputin, and he basically just says we need to keep getting the submine data. And before we go do a heist, we talk to um, Osiris, who tells us that he thinks about um, Nefele Stronghold, which at this point he's not convinced is real. But at the same time, he hears it whispered in um, Savathun's voice when he does think about it, because, you know, she was she was him for a while. And then we do we do a heist, and the dialogue at the end, Rasputin is confirming that Nefeli Stronghold basically exists, and that he's got 
I think there was something like 36,000 documents, and Osiris is like, I don't have that kind of time. So Rasputin gets it into a a smaller format for him to go over, and it was good for Osiris because it confirmed that Nefeli's stronghold is real. He's he's also was talking about like basically wanting to use it as a gotcha to uh, Icorum because they're still not 100% back on terms because nobody trusts Osiris still. I mean, how do you know that it's him? On yeah. Terms? Is it really him because he was inhabited by Savathun for like a year? Mm-hmm. Also, they used, you know, uh, Nez tea with lemon to resurrect <laughs> him. Yeah. So, is that like also corrupting him as well? So, you know, yeah, there's that's, going on here. That's possible. Um, and then we go back to Rasputin, tells us that he's not anywhere close to full power and wouldn't be able to do anything if he's was put back into the Warsat network. Uh, we need to keep doing. Um, the heist for submine data and stuff like that. And the last thing that happens this week is um, we go to the. I'm not actually sure what this is, what the thing's called. Where it's not the hollow projector, but the other thing where we just hear conversations that are not for us. Yeah, the the, the recordings. Osiris is talking with Elsie, uh, the extra stranger, telling. Uh, Asked her about things, about her knowledges of uh, all the futures that she has seen. And um, more or less says, like, I don't want to put this all on you, but you're the only one that has any idea of what could be done here. And she goes on to talk about how the downfall of humanity comes down to the choices that are made. And Osiris asks if they'll be having the same conversation again one day. And she tells him that this conversation has not ever happened before. So it's hard to hard to know what's actually going to happen in uh, the future. Interesting. Do they mention anything about uh, the dark future where Anna Bray goes bad? No. Um, yeah, a little bit lighter week on the story. Um, but, uh, it's, it's been pretty wild this last few weeks and I'm, it's, it feels like it's been a while that I've been like looking forward to a seasonal story beat where I'm logging in on Tuesday to make sure I don't have anything spoiled for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, now moving out of the uh, weekly story beats. Mm-hmm. Iron Banner was this week. It was the first one of the season. I know it came a little bit later than usual, but probably because it didn't want to overlap with the dawning mm-hmm. earlier yeah. in the season. Uh, and it debuted a brand new play mode called Fortress, which is essentially zone control with Cabal turrets. Mm-hmm. Venge, did you give it a shot? What do you think? Um, I did. Um, it. It starts off, I mean, it's been a long time since I've played zone control, so yeah. like it starts off with two zo- or three zones. Yeah. It's all about like three zones. Kills don't give you any points. And um, after a certain amount of points scored by one team is uh, as far as I understand how that went. Um, mm. There would be a drop pod that is a central location on the map, which has three turrets, and your team gets points if somebody on your team gets, like, the final shot that it kills the turret. And then you need to capture the zone that the turrets were in, which it only takes, like, two seconds to capture the zone. Like, it's really, really quick. The whole point is to control the zone and you could stay on the point or you can stand back because you don't need to stay in the zone to like get the points. It's every 10 seconds there is right. points points deposited. <clears throat> um, well, um, in true 
Destiny PvP fashion. <laughs> it uh it has just become um Titan Bubbles versus Titan Bubbles. <laughs> and it's just kind of ridiculous when that point gets up. It's it's gotten to the point where the supers that I've seen are bubble and um stasis. Because unlike Wells, you can get frozen and killed by stasis pretty easily in a bubble. Um Yeah, it's a it's an interesting mode. It's it may not be like the greatest, but one thing that I've liked about this last few seasons of Iron Banner is that they're they're doing something new to make Iron Banner itself like unique. Right. So it's it's not just control like it was for three years. Like it's Longer it's something it's something that people I mean, it's something that I, I guess is part of the hopes to get people to want to play Iron Banner because it's a mode that you can't play anywhere else. Um, it's supposed to be like a week-long PvP celebration type deal. I have seen on my socials still uh, people just complaining about this mode. Like, incessantly complaining about this mode. <laughs> and it, obviously the bubble titans everywhere people are bitching about. So obviously they want all the cooldowns nerfed again. It's the same complaints over and over again every single season. Add inf nauseum to infinity and beyond. Uh, I will admit, though... When I read when they announced Iron Banner Fortress a while ago, I thought it'd be a little bit cooler than what actually transpired. Like, while you're holding the point, the longer you're holding it, you start getting turrets transmat to your location, like, while you're holding the point, to make it harder for your opponents to take it from you. Eventually leading up to, like, a, a, Cabal, a Cabal Valis or something hitting the field on your side, which would have been really awesome, I think. But as some folks complained, oh, it's now Gambit in our Iron Banner because there's PvE enemies now in it. And in, in the form of turrets, it's a little yeah, silly, but... I know. It, it just... It seems like this could have been cooler in concept than in execution. But I appreciate that they're trying new stuff. I mean, I liked Rift coming back to kick off Iron Banner in year five. Um, Eruption was not my thing at all. I did not like it. And I think this is the third new play mode. Yeah, so I can't remember if there was another one stuck in there or not. Rift returned, then there was Eruption, and now there's Fortress. Yeah, I don't think there was another yeah. one there. No, this the three. They only hit three. They only hit three. Um, how about loot? I hear that um, the D1 armor sets from Iron Banner then are back in the game. Yep, that's what it is. Um, I've only played on my Titan. I have almost the full set. Um, I don't know if I really care much about the other two for, like, armor looks, but, yeah, there is a lot of excitement behind, like, those being the uh, armor to grind for um, this season. The, I can say the drop rates for armor, I, I drop rates for essentially everything is not good. <laughs> um... I'm not, I think I've played just eight, uh, no, it was about 20, 20 or 21 games, and I don't have legs. I do have everything else. Um, but, like, there's a chance for him to drop post-match, post, post -match, 
and I'm pretty sure the armorist, even if you don't have it, can also be part of like the pinnacle drops for challenges. Um, the drop rates are not good. Uh, weapons, I it's been a while since I've cared much about Iron Band weapons. Uh, there is an auto rifle. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but um, it's not too bad. It's arc. It can have um, volt shot, which is good for PVE. Um, that's really about it. Other than that, like it's still Iron Banner. You can still, um, you know, with the changes made, you can focus engrams to just buy a certain um, armor piece or in the loot pool, right? Yeah, once we're in the loot pool, um, so you can just farm out for like whatever role you're hoping for on a shotgun or the auto rifle or something like that. Speaking of that shotgun, was it Ganora's Axe, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And uh, apparently it was being uh, sold in the... Um, the progression bar for, you know, when you're ranking up. With a hundred range on the start of it, so sure. some folks that managed to get it have a slug projectile uh, projectile shotgun, a precision frame shotgun with a hundred range on it to start. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> why not? You know, have fun with it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's never going to be balanced. Just go out there and just like screw around. Mm -hmm. Do what you gotta do. Uh let's see. That's Iron Banner. Anything else in Destiny 2 that uh you're thinking about? Like, you know, uh any of the weapons that you've been getting throughout the season or different grinds that you're working through. Uh there's the exotic mission. The catalysts are now popping up for the um exotic Revision zero, yeah, zero. So, how's that going? Are you, you working on that? Um, I've done that both weeks. Um, the mission itself isn't super difficult, so I've been I've been soloing it, and you have to do it on legend for the uh, uh, the catalyst to drop at the end. Um, it's it's uh it's it's all right. I think the bigger the bigger thing is each week when you do get the, like the next level of the catalyst and you craft it again it boosts all of the stats again like by by 2 like every stat gets bumped up by 2 and I think that'll be the same for all four uh weeks mm -hmm. um I'm still using uh, the frenzy catalyst. I can't. It was like under pressure or something uh, this week. Okay. Didn't really um, grab me. Um, so that, that I seems just... like more of a PvP type perk than anything. Under pressure is good for PvP more mm -hmm. than PvE. So. Um. So I'm still using frenzy, and we have another little addition to the. Uh, the ornament that you have for it for grinding it each week. Like last week was like a big gold barrel, I guess. It looks more like a suppressor, but it's not. And this week added a laser sight, which is kind of what all the all of the uh Rasputin weapons look like. Like they all of them have some sort mm -hmm. of a laser on them. Um so that's that's been pretty cool. Um, as far as other weapons, I have, uh, as of yesterday, I'm able to craft the um, the Ikelos SMG. Okay. So I'll I'll grind that out. I have crafted uh, the machine gun, which is like a 900 RPM. I I don't think that it might not actually be 900, but. Like, it's a super fast firing machine gun that I fully crafted yesterday with um, four times the charm and Vorpal weapon. 
So uh, it's it's pretty solid to use if you can land headshots, um, which has been useful in the heist. Um, as far as any other weapons I'm looking to craft, uh, there's the trace rifle from this season um, that can get volt shot. Okay. And um, I don't know what all the perks I can get because I can't <laughs> I can't see it in the the crafting station. So. Um, but I've heard there's some pretty decent rolls you can get on that. Um, as far as like a volt shot specific looking uh, deal. Other than that, I'm not really looking to craft much else, I don't think. Like if I get them, I'll craft them. Other than that, not a lot I'm really like preferring to hope to get or anything like that. Um, I've been trying to run the dungeon a couple of times to get um the armor and stuff and i still don't have the scout rifle from the dungeon i think that's the only weapon i haven't gotten okay. which is just it's just a legendary dead man's yeah, tale pretty much yeah other than that not not really too much else i'm looking at for the rest of the season i've been playing some other games um but I guess one thing going back to Iron Banner, because I'm going to bring it up out the dungeon too, it kind of seems like the main want for like the armor is specifically for ornaments. Like I almost wish that we were getting just ornaments instead of armor to grind for, because I get it. Unless you're a newer player, like veteran players have armor that they're going to use for the foreseeable future unless they get something better. So you're saying you're tired of having to break down armor that you're never going to wear? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Because, like, I got the helmet that after, like, my second game in Iron Banner, and I, without hesitation, deleted it and immediately made it an ornament and that's that's all I did so yeah, I'm not really sure right. what can be done about that kind of a like that grind on things but it is what it is at this point really I, I don't know I don't know I have no idea what they uh, can do about this I mean this is a looter shooter so if you take away loot like, oh, I get my helmet ornament, and then you never see helmets drop again. What are you going to replace it with? Maybe people will be like, well, I want armor to drop again. I might get a better piece. It's like, see, you run into this back and forth that I'm not envious of Bungie trying to, you know, come up with a happy medium. Yeah. For this, it's just, you know, everything is just going to drop. You're going to be able to craft some things. The game is just messy by its very nature of how it plays. You know, it's just there's so much going on that's constantly changing. It's always going to feel like it's a work in progress. And, and you know, that that's up to the person playing it if they decide that that's you know fine and they're they're happy with that you know constant chaos of changing or they really would like something a little bit more polished and finalized mm -hmm. um i know i've i've now kind of fallen into the uh that second category where i kind of want games that are you know finished <laughs> if you have to do a tweak to fix something here and there fine but I, i'm not sure i want Every season, everything gets thrown on its head every few yeah. months any longer. And then you're dealing with, you know, repercussions of new files constantly being uploaded, crashes happening. And it's just, it's a lot. And uh, kind of gives me a headache a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned, though, uh, not to put you on the spot too, too much. But you mentioned that you're playing other games as well. Like, what have you also been, you know, playing when you're not um, 
getting your catalyst or a grinding iron banner? What have you been doing? Um, I, the, I think the main game I've been playing has been uh, Warcraft. I've been I've gotten into WoW a little bit. Um, been playing it with uh, Doc Holiday because he's he's the one that he's the one that plays it. He's the one that got me into it, and that's honestly been a fun little change to things for questing. Um, I'm getting to a point where I'm where I'm close to seeing what Endgame is about to be like for the new like expansion. I really like running dungeons i'm looking forward to seeing what rating is like in wow outside of that um i've been playing like a little bit of fortnite i i tried to give death stranding a shot and i i just couldn't do it (laughs) yeah i'll give kojima credit for doing his own thing and you know kind of pushing boundaries i uh I just lost um interest in his autoristic views of how video games should come about and it's mm. I don't know. Both my parents worked for the post office for many years and me playing a game about delivering packages is definitely not on my list of things that <laughs> fun, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like childhood the game. It's like no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, something I'm actually looking forward to playing, um, which I'm not, I'm, I don't actually know if it's out or not because I haven't been in the PlayStation Store. But um, what's that? Jedi Fallen Order is going to be part of the free games for PlayStation. Oh, it's, it's available now. It's available now, so you might want to go pick it up. Yeah, I am. Uh, I do plan on playing through that. That's awesome. Um, just because I I didn't I haven't played it and I, I didn't buy it and I have a chance to play it for free so no no it's worth it it's absolutely worth it uh, I'm gonna warn you it was sold to me as this is kind of like you know Star Wars meets a Dark Souls type thing yeah that's how that's exactly how it was told sold to me too it, actually it is nothing <laughs> like that it actually feels like an open world version of Uncharted. Oh, interesting. You're doing a lot more climbing. You're doing a lot more movement around. Yeah, fighting can be a little interesting and tough one-on-one, but as you get stronger and Cal Kestis starts getting more and more Jedi powers, you'll start tearing through shit pretty easily. You'll You'll really like it. The story was really, really cool, and I am looking forward to Jedi Survivor when it comes out. That mm-hmm. is definitely on my list. Highly recommend yeah. Fallen Order. Play it. You will like it. it it's definitely part of the plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very good time. Very good time. And, oh, uh, speaking of games, we mentioned Vampire Survivors before on this show. I think I've actually beaten Vampire Survivors now on mobile. <laughs> completely. Oh, really? <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to unlock, and the DLC that's available on Steam is not available on mobile yet. So I've kind of defeated the game. I have every character, every weapon, every item, you know, everything's unlocked. I have nothing left. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of, kind of cool. You know, I want to, I want to do this more, but I've already done everything. Yeah. (laughs) I still can't get over it. It's a game that has a dog that farts flowers. I mean, it really. I mean, what what else are you gonna have for a dog? It's a gas attack. It's sitting there. And it's like as you're running, <laughs> the flowers are flying out from its rear section, and it's called like a aroma, a fragrance aroma, or something like that. It's like, oh god. <laughs> it's like, yes, my dog is farting on you. Yay! No. <laughs> um, but uh, other games, you know, being played. I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn from a couple years ago, which was mm-hmm. a PlayStation exclusive. I think it came out on PC finally. And um, I haven't finished it yet. The game is much bigger than God of War Ragnarok is. Oh. 
and there's more to it. I mean, it, it's you're you have this enormous playing area that you're, you can go around in. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of playing through like the Midwest through the West Coast of the United States. What's left of the United States? That's a huge ass area to cover. Yeah, and it kind of starts off dipping your toes back into some of the areas from the original game, like where you go to the Sundom, which was the um, the one kingdom uh, that was ruled by the uh, tribe known as the Karja. Mm-hmm. And you helped overthrow the Mad Sun King during the main game. And there was a major battle that took place versus the villain, the central villain of Horizon Zero Dawn, which was the AI known as Hades, who was trying to wipe out all life on planet Earth again. Again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you did this mass battle you won, and uh, a new Sun King was appointed. And he's an ally, and they're trying to fix everything. Well, Horizon Forbidden West picks up almost days after Zero Dawn finished. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aloy is back out there into the wilds. Hades defeated. She's like, it's over. Hades is in a threat. Now I have to go out there and find a copy of Gaia, which is the central AI that was the operating. AI that was to oversee the Zero Dawn project. Do you know what that is? The Zero Dawn project. I I do not. Okay. In Horizon Zero Dawn, you you sit there and you're looking. It's like, these look like prehistoric people fighting robot dinosaurs and robot animals. You know, what's going on? Essentially, that's in our distant future. A tech douche named Ted Farrow (laughs) ended up and one of his subsidiaries created nanotechnology that could replicate but also power itself by consuming organic material. Okay. You, You see the problem here. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> imagine, imagine if the Terminators could, fe- could fuel themselves by consuming people. Yeah. And plants and everything. It's going to end the world. Well, that actually is what the result of Ted Farrow's shit is. Uh, this other scientist named Elizabeth Sobeck and other, there was multiple people, multiple scientists, multiple corporations all trying to figure out a way how to save humanity. Elizabeth Sobeck came up with the Zero Dawn Protocol. It was sold to the military and some other people as a super weapon to stop the machines. The reality of Zero Dawn was the following. It was an AI redundancy system founded by that was going to be centralized in one called Gaia and having a whole bunch of other auxiliary ones, Hades being one of them, I think Demeter, Hephaestus, Apollo... And a bunch of them. And they all kind of dealt with something specific. What Zero Dawn was designed to do was after the machine swarm, essentially, eliminated all organic life on planet Earth. And then they powered down because they had no more fuel, which technically at that point would be considered safe. Gaia would activate and start producing machines that look kind of like animals that were built to function and re-terraform the planet. Okay. And start to rebuild life. And once that happened, they would start to gestate new humans from, like, embryo collection and stuff like this. Uh, The Apollo system was all the knowledge, and the machines in Gaia's care would help the humans grow up, Apollo was supposed to educate them as to the history of the world, what happened, so we don't repeat that process. And, you know, then when the world is safe, they would leave these big bunkers and go back out and start, you know, humanity would be saved. That was Zero Dawn, essentially starting over from nothing. The problem was, this cycle has happened more than once. It's because something 
tends to go wrong here and there. And the Hades protocol kicks in. Hades then turns on the machines and they just wipe out whatever's there, racing the board to start over again. Okay. The problem in Horizon Zero Dawn was Ted Farrow being the douche nugget that helped create the machines that killed the planet, uh, decided that he didn't want humanity to, because he was an egomaniac, decided he didn't want humanity to know that he was the reason that we all uh, were going to die. So he was one of the funding people of the Zero Dawn project. He gave himself highest level security access and he deleted the Apollo unit. Oh. So when Gaia started to go through the processing and, you know, going through this and started gestating humans, there was very limited knowledge that they could give them. This actually answers one important question in the game. Uh, wherever language you speak around the world as your primary language and whatever language you play the game in as your primary language when you're playing Horizon Forbidden West, or Zero Dawn, you notice that, like in our case, it would be English. Everybody speaks English on the planet. And that's because Apollo was deleted that contained all the other languages that it would have taught these people as they were growing up, knowing the history of the world, which they don't know now. So it was the default. So everybody speaks a common language globally. Sure. One language. Uh, because they didn't have Apollo and they didn't have all the stuff up and running when these batches of new humans were ready, were growing up and hitting teenage years, they started rebelling inside these things and they didn't know why they were being kept in these buildings because there was no history to tell them why they needed to be in here. And they broke out and they went about creating their own tribes. And that's where you have these, new primitive societies that believe in magic and all these other things that machines might be gods. They don't know any better. Yeah. I'm trying to give you this brief history. Uh, essentially the main plot of the first game is Hades is reactivated from some mysterious signal that is sent from outer space. No kidding. That turns it back the Hades protocol on and it's going to wipe out all life on planet Earth. So Aloy, who is actually the genetic clone, Aloy is your main character, is the genetic clone of Dr. Elizabeth Sobek, the creator of the Zero Dawn Project, um, goes off to stop Hades and prevent the collapse of humanity. She succeeds. This game is now going to find a copy of Gaia to reboot the project to stabilize the planet now because the ecosystem is way out of whack they're suffering from super storms crops are dying off because there's some sort of a blight that's affecting the wildlife and the plant life so she's racing to find this copy of Gaia to restart it because Gaia uh, blew herself up at the beginning of this first game to prevent oh. herself from being corrupted by that signal. Sure. And it also caused all of her sub-functions, Hades, Hephaestus, Poseidon, Demeter, etc., and so on, as a side effect to gain sentience and become their own AIs. And they kind of scattered around the world and hid in other data, you know, uh, units and stuff like that. So that's a part of the, the second game is you're trying to rebuild Gaia. So you're also trying to hunt down some of the other components of Gaia. Um, so she has full function and capability. It, it's not really a spoiler. You will find a base version of, of Gaia program, and that's, the central part of the game is locating some of the other sub-functions and restoring her over time. I'm at okay. the point where I think I'm about halfway through the game. I, and mm. I say I think because <laughs> I'm the kind of person that will do some of the side quests. 
because unlike other games where you could just kind of stand there and you just see oh the two people just on screen and they're not moving and you'll see text or you'll hear them talking in this game when you talk to people and you get like the text wheel to ask questions and whatnot and get follow-ups everything's done all all of this was shot on a freaking mocap stage so you actually have actual actors performing oh that's cool so i'm sitting there watching all this stuff it's like oh so you actually have people like emoting and moving around like actual people and they look like real people because the graphic fidelity is so high on this game and so you're just sitting there you're just kind of taking it all in and I looked up, it's like, well, how long is the average playthrough if you do all the submissions and stuff? Yeah, there's people saying around 40 hours. Holy fuck, I've already blown that out of the water, and I know I'm not even done with the main story. <laughs> how long is this game going to take me? Yeah. And I'm still doing stuff. And I mentioned that you will find Gaia uh, to start the, the rebuilding of this program, of this AI you get a base in this game. You get a legitimate central base of operations in this game, which you didn't have in the first game. And you start bringing your allies to this base. If that sounds like Mass Effect's, you know, uh, Normandy ship, it kind of is. It's very similar to that, except your base doesn't fly through space. And then you can go and you can talk to your teammates, your companions. And then your new companions that didn't come over from the first game, because uh, two of them, Varl and Aaron, have joined you from the first game. You did companion quests for them in the first game. Now your new companions are, you're getting companion quests for them. Mm -hmm. And you're meeting new people. And all this takes place in the ruins of North America. Sure. This, this the game takes place in what would have been America, and it's rather fascinating to see how nature would have overrun all of our structures, like how Guerrilla Games would envision how nature would overrun our world mm -hmm. <laughs> if we all died off, and. <laughs> The really neat part for me was I met somebody last night who is from across the Pacific Ocean. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out onto the West Coast now in this game. And oh, okay. there's because they had like these bunkers all over the world to restart this program and to, you know, produce machines that would, you know, terraform everything over again and i met somebody from the other side of the ocean who they traveled to you know our lands to find technology to help stop the blights that are going over there in their lands <laughs> and they crossed the pacific in wooden boats <laughs> went through tsunamis and hurricanes and starvation and all this stuff and finally connected and they didn't think there was anybody here when mm. they arrived and boy were they wrong <laughs> it's it's interesting actually every uh tribe that you meet has a different culture have a different uh outlook uh, the tribe that that Aloy comes from is called the Nora at least what she was raised in they're very, um, it's kind of hard to, they're, they're kind of like this middle ground, somewhat warlike, but they really don't want to go to war. They can fight if they need to, but they're kind of like this northern, northeastern U.S. look where, you know, they have some fur on their armor and stuff like that. But then you go into the south heading towards the west we run into the Karja and they're more dressed in like you know lighter attire cotton outfits because their terrain is I think like northern Texas or the plains mm -hmm. you know uh, and then when you head into the west you start running into the Tanath who their culture is 
based around well when you watch them fight they they they're totally painted their bodies are painted from head to toe in like war paint that looks like what their you know their tribe totems would look like but when you talk to them you realize very quickly that well the player does that wait a minute they're using military terms mm-hmm. What the hell's going on here? They're actually using military terms. And then you find out that their base of operation, this memorial hall that they call it, that has visions of the Ten, as they call them, was an old world museum for the fictional Battle of the Mojave Desert where the JTF-10 task force military operation happened. Mm-hmm. but all the data is corrupted so they only hear bits and pieces of it so they were thinking these 10 people led a fight against the machines and they based their entire culture and how they behave based on the teachings of the 10 That's so wild. just the, imagine the, <laughs> the US Army the US Marine Corps becoming like a, a, a primitive tribal culture I mean dude they mm-hmm. salute each other <laughs> I mean, they, they do. It's like you know, we're off, and they'll start saluting each other, and it's like you know, the full locked elbow, flattened fingers. You know, it's like what the? It's so wild seeing this, seeing mm. what we would take for day to day, whatever commonality here, and look at it being twisted into this is our far future. But these people have no idea what any context was of this, but they've made it their own. It's like, damn. It's very cool. Very wild. I am greatly enjoying it. Uh, and the graphics department, yeah, the, the people look incredible in this game because obviously they're all motion captured and scanned. So the voice at, the voice that you hear coming out of the character, well, the face is of the person that did the voice. So... You're actually looking at the person that recorded the voice for those characters for the most part. I like that. I, I, I do too. I actually like having that because then you're the person's actually acting in it. They're not just, oh, they, they look totally different. No, they're actually acting in this universe. And mm-hmm. it's very awesome. One thing that does kind of get me after playing Destiny for eight years is Lance uh, Reddick is in this game again as silence yeah silence was one of the bad guys in the first game it's whether it's kind of up in the air if he's a bad guy in this one or not i haven't reached a point where i've met back up with him again uh but every time i hear him speak it's like highs of all no it's not it's silence (laughs) (laughs) you'll start talking it's like yes commander no no you're an asshole (laughs) (laughs) it's not the same person but it's just, it's the same, it's the voice it's his voice you know when he, oh yeah when he gets in there and he starts reading his dialogue and he's emoting and all this it's like yeah it's it's yeah it's fucking Zavala it's just hilarious <laughs> to uh, listen to him go on about this stuff do I think it's better than the first game that I won't be able to determine until I'm finished with it. Sure. I'm enjoying this game, but I hit some frustration points in this game that I didn't really have in the original. And there's some things that I found absolutely annoying in this game, like deaths that just come out of nowhere. Uh, there's some environmental puzzles and ruins that you're trying to solve that give you zero like anything as to what you need to do even if you're in the ruins and after a while Aloy might say something well perhaps I should look for something outside this room perhaps I should do this you know the the, the character will actually say that to you out loud you know as a clue but you you just there's things that are just like it doesn't matter I'll, I'll give you an example I was exploring one of these ruins and it was nighttime when I was in there because it was just the time of the day I got to this thing. So I figured, all right, I'll go in there and see if I can get like the uh, relic that's in it and move on. So I don't have to come back to this 
one section of the map, which is enormous. And I'm running around and I reached the point where it's like, oh, okay. So the passcode to open this door where the treasure to the ruin is, you complete the ruin. Uh, to find the code, um, it's the year that this building was created. Now, me being me, I know. Obviously, this is an ancient ruin. So it's mm -hmm. probably like built in like the 19... Hundreds, uh, two thousand, something like that. And if that's the case, there should be a placard somewhere on the outside of the building. Mm. Go look for it. I'm running around the building. I can't find a placard to it. Can't find anything to it. Keep in mind, nighttime, so you have like moonlight and stuff like this. But typically, when you use your um your focus, which is like your little like extra sight thing or gadget that puts up a dome around you and you could scan things. It highlights things you can scan or things of interest. I couldn't find anything on this building. I ended up looking up what the code was. The code was like 1923. Like, fine. Pop open the door, get my stuff. I'm coming. When I finally completed it, and I got sick of everything, and I looked at the code, it was daytime now. My wife's also looking up. She goes, uh, you want to know where you got the code from? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm looking. I can't find it. She goes, okay. Go outside the building in the back, walk back a little bit, and look up. And when you look up, on the building itself is 1923 in huge numbers that you couldn't see in the dark. Mm -hmm. That never illuminated as something, as a point of interest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really? There's, <laughs> uh, and you you occasionally find things like that in this game and mm. it's just somewhat annoying a slight frustration but otherwise yeah i will give them credit the characters are really really awesome uh the one tanoth war that joins you new katalo is amazing mm. he's a very very cool character and he willingly comes along with you after the events of the game and i like it when he just tell when he informs you that he's joining your party mm. <laughs> he walks up to you and goes what's next commander in a very military tone and you go excuse me <laughs> what did you call me <laughs> i'm sorry <Yeah. laughs> uh it's just so much stuff going on right now in this game and it, it's very very cool and the game world feels very alive there's obviously a new threat that i'm dealing with i don't mm -hmm. want to talk about that because that's kind of like a major major spoiler to the game i'll get into that much later after i complete the game i know the game's been out for a while now i think it's been a year but i don't want to discuss that at this moment mm -hmm. uh but is it better than the first one? I really like the first one. I'm enjoying this one, but I don't know where this is going to go. Because I know they want to do a third one. Oh, okay, sure. I know there's a DLC coming in April, because that was announced at the end of December by Sony directly. It's called Horizon the Burning Shores, which mm. takes place in the ruins of Los Angeles. Hollywood, which you don't get to go to in this game. San Francisco is like the main area that you'll end up in. I I really would like it to be good. Yeah. I do also know that uh, Guerrilla Games had a wonderful job posting up recently that got myself and some people that like to play the game Monster Hunter quite excited. Because the job posting was for a new IP set in the Horizon universe that's a cooperative multiplayer game. Mm. And the only thing that popped into our head was a group of four people hunting robots. Oh my god, give me this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, honestly, this is like Monster Hunter. You know, on an open world scale, Horizon. Mm -hmm except it's yeah. a much better story. So it's, you know, 
I, I'm, I would be totally on board with that doing this, you know, with like a group of people, multiplayer hunting giant robot dinosaurs and stuff. It's, yeah, it's pretty badass. I've encountered some new ones that also were quite intimidating in this game. Like when you meet the mammoth for the first time, it's like, holy shit, man. No, because the tribe of uh, warriors have built a platform on the top of this thing to shoot arrows and shit at you while this mammoth it has its own weapon platforms and is firing at you and trying to gore you to death and it's like ten times bigger than you are. This this game it really can show off, you know, you know, decent technology, technological improvements and how uh, multi-jointed uh, creations can be built, you know, and show the fluidity of, like, robotic movement and multi-layers that you can strip off and break down their armor and stuff while you're fighting them and get underneath. Um, uh, one thing about the uh, DLC, though, and before we cut that off, is it's only going to be available on the PS5. It will not be available on the PlayStation 4 for Horizon. Oh, wow. Uh, Gorilla Games, they said they made the very difficult decision to not try to um, cut back on the quality that they wanted to bring to the DLC. And the PlayStation 4 apparently really reached its limits of what it could do for the main game. And what they yeah. have planned for the DLC, they're just like, it's either we we may not be able to do the DLC at all, or we're just going to say, no, we're going to just only do it for the PlayStation 5. And I know there's a lot of PS4 people that are out there that are like, that sucks. And I agree with you. PlayStation 4 is like over 10 years old, though, the hardware. Mm. You know, it came out in, what, like, 2013, if I remember right? Something like that? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been a while, so... Have you ever thought about upgrading? You know, maybe now would be a good time, because availability is a little bit more easy to get hold of. <laughs> uh, I, I think we've droned on enough. Uh, we've gone on for an hour now. Yeah, yeah, we did. I can't, I can't think of anything else for this time. Uh, so let's see, next week, I promise to not give my update as to what happened the week before in Destiny's Storm <laughs> from somebody that's, you know, like, hardcore following it this season, me just bullshitting my way through it. Uh, mm. But it'll be week six, uh, Iron Banner will be gone. I don't know what's going to happen. I think this is the part of the season now where it's just getting slow in the gameplay wise, but next week will be the first uh, TWAB of 2023. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually uh, coming up on the 12th, I think. Yeah. So that'll be something. Hopefully there'll be something in there. Because uh, they're reaching the, hey, you're six weeks away from your expansion. So they're probably going to start having some news about that that we'll cover. And, um, you know, fans will keep us up to date with what's going on with it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in professional wrestling that went down. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. And if I manage to beat Horizon between then and now, I'll give an update on it. Who knows? Anything you need to say before we uh, cut loose? Um, I don't think so. I guess really just the Destiny stuff that we may may have to talk about with the expansion. Um, and hopefully the story starts kind of leading into it a little bit. <clears throat> um, but I think we've got four weeks left. Maybe I th I think it's four more weeks of story, three or four. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just the standard stuff we've been doing, and 
I, I think you got three because there's only eight weeks of story. So it's week six, week seven, week eight. Okay. I, I just wasn't sure if there was eight or nine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty, uh, we'll keep it pretty standard for the most part unless anything big comes up. So, yeah. Yep. That sounds to be the MO right now. Um, in the meantime, you know, follow us at anchor.fm slash hg-podcast. Uh, we have a link tree there. Our Twitter is podcast underscore hidden. Mm-hmm. We'll update you with the WordPress when it goes live. Always feel to drop us a question, comment, whatever, suggestions for topics, games you might want us to cover, mm-hmm. things we might find interesting. We'd love to hear it. We will take some ideas from the uh, listeners, no problem. And thank you for listening. We do appreciate everybody that joins us in our semi-irregular schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for listening. It's it's pretty cool. Big fan. Very cool. Uh, we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, be well, everybody. Here's to a start of a great 2023. And hopefully it's not a total shit show. Like 2022 and everything <laughs> else was this 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, take care. Be well, everybody. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye.